Welcome to an all-new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today is pretty exciting because I'm about to introduce an author that we all know but don't know, which I know may sound weird, but it's the truth. Ivy Owens wrote the book Scandalized, and today she kind of shocked all of Romance Landia when she revealed that her actual identity is Lauren Billings of Christina Lauren. So I'm so excited to have Ivy, aka Lo, on the podcast today to talk about her new book, Scandalized, and everything that I absolutely adored about it. I have the worst book hangover ever from this one. It's the most epic celebrity romance, best friends, brother, childhood friends to lovers, forced proximity. Like it has so many tropes, it's unreal. The steam in this one is on another level. I cannot wait to get to talk to Ivy about this book. So without further ado, my conversation with romance author Ivy Owens starts right now. Welcome Ivy Owens, aka Lauren of Christina Lauren. You just like took Romance Landia by storm today, whether you knew you were going to or not. Um, I am so excited to have you here because I read Scandalized, your first book under your name, Ivy Owens, mm-hmm. like this week, and I devoured it. I literally read it in one sitting. But when I first heard of the book, the synopsis automatically jumped out to me because I'm a sucker for a celebrity romance. Yay. So I was like, I need to have you on this podcast. Like, I didn't know who you were, nothing about you. And I DM'd you and you're like, reach out to my publicist to book. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I reached out to your publicist and I was like, I know that like Ivy doesn't want to like reveal her identity. So let's do this at podcast only video off. She was like, yeah, okay, cool. And then today the bombshell of all bombshells gets dropped. <laughs> and Ivy's like, hello, it's me, Lo. <laughs> I'm so happy we get to do this camera on so we could like see each other and actually have like such a great conversation about this book. Yeah. Because I'm so excited to have you here. This is like First of all, we've I've had you on the show with Christina, like we've done a yeah. lot of CeeLo in every before. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to have you on as yourself to talk about Scandalized because I loved, loved, loved this book. But before we talk about Scandalized, I just have okay. to address the pen name of it all. Like, yes. what about having a pen name was exciting to you as an author? Like, why did you want to do something instead of just being you? Why did you want to do the Ivy Owens of it all? I mean, honestly, so when I wrote this book, and I've said this before, um, it was such a labor of love. I wrote it in August 2020 during the pandemic. Yeah. Christina had gone, we would decide that we were doing a vacation. And Christina's like, well, I'm going to go garden and build a dollhouse. And I was like, well, my hobby is writing. So I'm going to go write (laughs) another book. And I kind of did it just as a fun thing for myself and for her and our friend Kate. And I had never planned on doing anything with it. So I think when we published it under a pen name, and by we, I mean myself and my agent, Holly Root and um, Simon and Schuster, mm-hmm. we did it because I didn't want to have any of the reader expectation pressure. I didn't want to have any of the publication industry pressure. I just wanted to have like this thing stay fun, right? Yeah. And um, it was never like a secret from Christina. I like, like I said, I literally wrote it for her. And so nice. And so I think when it got to be kind of buzzy, because the initial bio on the back of the advanced copy 
it was kind of salacious. It was like, um, this author has been writing best-selling romance under a different pen name for 10 years. And so I think it just made people really curious about who I am. Mm -hmm. And in my case, like my only reason for being quiet about it was because I just wanted it to be a low key thing. Right. Mm -hmm. There was no big secret there. But a lot of people do do pen names as like very important for very important reasons. Mm -hmm. And so I just was like wanting to try and respect it, but I'm really bad at it too. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and so I think like when the stress of that speculation got bigger than the stress of like reader expectation, it was just like, you know what, this is fine. Yeah. it's me. And then we can move on and have fun with the book. Exactly. And I think it's a, like such a testament to your writing because this entire time, nobody knew that it was you. I mean, obviously there were like rumblings, but nobody knew that it was for sure you. And the book is adored so far from advanced readers. Like the only reason why I heard of it is because other creators on Bookstagram were sharing it, raving about it. Yeah. So it's so exciting. I'm so, we just need to like get right into it. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about is that in the like little dedication at the beginning, you mentioned that this book like really helped you get through COVID. Mm-hmm. Like in what way did you mean like what what do you think that this book gave to you that like your other books maybe haven't or like what was special about this story I mean I think I will say like a lot of the books every book we write as Christina Lauren is the best job ever and we have so much fun we Mm -hmm. and so there's no like those aren't fun and this is fun those are like something wilder was seriously the most fun book we've ever written so much fun but I think the nice thing about Scandalize was that it was the first thing I had written in a really long time that was just for me mm-hmm. and for a friend. And like, that's something that you do in fan fiction a lot is you'll write stories um, that are just sort of for a small community or for just a couple people. And they're sort of not a big audience. You're not writing for any particular demographic or audience. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it was really liberating because in 2020 and during COVID, that was a time where none of us were like, finding obvious joy, you know? Yeah. And so so for me to have this story that was just pure fun to write, um, it was awesome. And so like earlier in the year, I had gotten really into crash landing on you, the K-drama. Okay. I have so many questions, obviously about K-dramas, but okay. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that I really love about that show and every K-drama I've seen since, which is scores is (laughs) the way that they sort of unapologetically embrace romance and the way that they unapologetically embrace trope. And mm-hmm. so I think trope is something that romance really embraces, but that like we do it in sort of a like defensive way sometimes mm-hmm. where when you watch a K-drama, they're like, oh no, we're going to lean into this. Like every very swoony K-drama will have a, a guy holding an umbrella for a woman or like, you know, there's like all of the different little tropes that they do that are yeah. just so leaned into and it's really wonderful. So I think I just wanted to write a book where, I was like shamelessly doing everything I love about romance. Yeah. And I feel like we have the same taste because everything (laughs) I love about romance is in this book. So I was reading it and I was like, this author is in my brain. Like if I were able to, if I had the ability to write something, this is something I would die to write because it's something I love to consume, you know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what happens when you write like just sort of unselfconsciously. Yeah, no, that's the best. It's the best. So before we get any further, for the everybody listening, I'm sure everybody that's listening has read the book because that's kind of how we do this here. We like everyone knows when they listen to my show, like I'm going to ask you spoiler related questions okay. so we can go into it. But just a little summary in case people need a little refresher, a little like elevator pitch, little clip of what Scandalized is about. Yeah. So Georgia is the main character, Gigi, and she's a journalist who's coming back from London and she their flight, her connecting flight gets canceled And she ends up having to like find a place to stay. And she runs into the older brother of her childhood best friend Mm -hmm. um, who she hasn't seen since she was 13. And it was her first big crush. 
and they reconnect and they have this sort of night of passion before she realizes the next day who he has become in the time since she's known him. Mm-hmm. And they also discover that their lives and careers are intersecting in ways that could be very dangerous for them if it got out. It's the most wild story ever. I'm obsessed. (laughs) But my favorite part is that in your bio on Instagram, it says that you're a fangirl and it's like Mm -hmm. so obvious, like the fangirl in you just like exudes off the page. Like it's just jumping off the page because it's just like a love. I feel like it's like a love letter to fangirls. Like who doesn't want this? Who doesn't want this scenario to happen to them, you know? But my Mm -hmm. first question is like, what about this type of love story? Like a celebrity romance was like exciting for you to write. Like, why did you want to write something like that? I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't even think I'm usually like an insta love or a celebrity, like normal person reader. But I think the characters came to me so fully formed that I was like, well, this is who they are. And it was just really fun. So I, you know, I knew I wanted her to be a journalist doing a story. I knew I wanted her to be kind of coming home from this trip, really tired. She gets stuck in the city. Yeah. But like thinking about who he was and what would make that twist interesting, I think it worked that he would be, you know, a TV star that like it's it's possible that she wouldn't have heard of him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's possible that, you know, he's not like Brad Pitt or George Clooney, you know, right. he's not um at that level yet. And so I think it just was fun to imagine. I love that. And like the fact that you used a K drama star, I feel is also such an interesting like aspect because I feel like people, and I've honestly only recently noticed this, that people, I don't know why also, it's just like not a thing that my close friends or circle of people around me are watching K-dramas, but I notice on Bookstagram, a lot of people are. I feel like there's a big Mm -hmm. crossover between romance readers and K-drama like watchers. And everybody is saying exactly what you had just said. How about like the K-dramas really lean into the trope? So I feel like it's so much fun to blend those two worlds because they're so similar. Yeah. But yeah, what yeah. about like a K drama star was appealing to you? Like, why did you want it? Like, was it because you were watching Crash Landing on you? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, this is sort of like blatantly like thirsty for various <laughs> K drama stars. And I mean, it's not written from his point of view at all. So, right. like, there's no appropriation there. There's no like, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to write from like a Korean's yeah. perspective. But, um, you know, it's like really once you start watching these shows, you're like, wow, this, these are really great hero characters. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I have missed in some modern day romance is this idea. Um, and Sarah McLean says this all the time that mm-hmm. a hero has to be a king, like a romance hero has to be a king, whether that's a contemporary modern day king or in a historical, he mm-hmm. has to be a king. And so I think there's something very sort of gentlemanly, kingly, like, bigger than life about some of the heroes in the K-dramas that I was watching at the time. And it was just really fun to try and transfer that into a contemporary romance. I love that. So this book starts off with literally a one night stand. Like you do not make us wait for it. And it's (laughs) insane to me that the love story only spans like two weeks because Mm -hmm. never once does it feel rushed. Okay, good. How did you do that? <laughs> I, you know, question. <laughs> well, here's the thing, like this book I wrote in kind of a fever and then okay. I went back and I had to like write out what the days were and like fix the timeline because oh. I wrote it and then I realized it's only been like 14 days since they first hooked up and they are yeah. like hardcore in love. Yeah. And I think it works in some ways because they've known each other since they were kids, but you know what? You have to make that convincing that there is yeah. like, there's an undercurrent of like soulmate. There's something there between them that goes deeper than just like, you know, hundred percent. They're like chemistry 
is it just pops off the page like honestly and I was wondering as like a writer because I've heard from like a bunch of different authors that I've interviewed sometimes there's characters that like just take over them and you're just like as a writer like literally the conduit that's typing out their lives did it feel like that for you like did it just feel like they were living this in your brain and you just had to get it out of you yeah yeah and I think those are the most fun stories to write you know it happens to me with fanfics I still write fic sometimes and once you get really into a book that that work Christine and I are drafting like the best point is when we just feel like they are in here and we just have to like get their story out. Yeah. But this one felt like that to me more than anything has in a really long time. Like I just, I would wake up with a scene in my head and I would like write it on my phone and email it to myself. And it was just like all I could think about for like five weeks. So yeah. it was really fun. You know? Are you still thinking about them now? Yes and no. I mean, I miss them because I wrote it so fast that I feel like I didn't really get sick of them. You know, sometimes when you go through the editorial process, by the time the book is like formatted and done, you're like, Mm -hmm. like, I'll see you guys when you come out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this one felt a lot faster. And so, yes, I did think about them for a long time after. I love, I love them both, but I particularly, obviously I'm in love with Alec. Like he's just the best like hero and it it's just what makes him so great there's a million things that make him great but the fact that his life is so complicated both on a personal level and on a professional level like it's not like he's you you look at these like celebrities and you obviously like glorify them and you romanticize them and they're perfect and nothing's hard for them and they have everybody waiting on them and the snap of their fingers they can get whatever they want but you really see just like how tough it is to be under such a microscope yet he's such a cinnamon roll was it hard for you to like balance those two parts of his life and like show him as such like a sweet and endearing person even though the world maybe saw him in a different way Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. I think writing him as a sweetheart was easier than writing the points where he was a little bit more aloof because, um, you know, when he was with Georgia, Gigi, those scenes just like flew out of me. Mm -hmm. I wrote them really fast. But the scenes, for example, like like the conflict, right? Mm -hmm. Or... um, I think the scene when they he's at the fan signing was a little hard because we're seeing him in a totally different setting yes. than what he's used to, but they were still fun because mm-hmm. it's like, you get to kind of really make your characters three-dimensional. Yeah. And like the scene where he's playing cards with Eden is yeah. one of my favorites. Me too. Because he's just a dude in that scene. Like he's just a guy. And I love that moment where Gigi's looking at them and she's like, they are both trying so hard to make the other one feel comfortable. Yeah. And I just love them for that. They're doing yeah. it. Because they love me. It was very sweet. Yeah. I love that. I loved that scene too. It just felt like, first of all, that the whole book played out like a movie. Like I was watching it, like totally watching it. But that scene, especially, it just made me feel like so happy. Like the whole Eden trying to hold in her fangirl and then Alec trying to be like, pretending that he's not who he is, knowing what he knows about how obsessed Eden is. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, like that, 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 like (laughs) that or the banter of them too. And like the uneasiness was so great. I love that scene. Love. Thank you. Um, but I want to talk about Gigi too, because there's so many aspects to her before we get into the whole, her job and all of that, 
heavier stuff that is in this book. She had just gotten out of a relationship where obviously she was like, was not prioritized in this relationship. And it was obviously taking a big emotional toll on her. And then she finds like Alec, who kind of is very complimentary towards her in a way that she what didn't really feel in her previous relationship. What were parts of Alec that you kind of wanted to include that you knew would make Gigi feel like she could open up right away or that they could fall in love faster, like <clears throat> in terms of how she had been treated before in her previous relationship? Yeah. So like her previous relationship with the, was with a guy named Spencer <clears throat> who had lost his job and had basically lied to her for a long time, for like at least a year that, and he would like leave the house and go to work and like come home and be like, Ooh, rough day. And like sociopathic he, behavior. He didn't tell her that he had been fired for trying to funnel clients into like um, freelancing to pay him on the side. And so it wasn't, it wasn't that he had been with another woman. It wasn't anything like that. It was just that he had lied to her, to her face every day for a year. Mm-hmm. And so I think she felt really like stupid, embarrassed, mm-hmm. you know, unimportant, gullible, all of those things that just kind of made her wonder whether like she as a journalist had the intuition and the like keen sense to be able to mm-hmm. do her job very well. So I think on one hand, it was really great for Alec to be just like super hot for her, that like having somebody just want you so bad. Yeah. And, you know, she'd been in this sort of long-term relationship that had really started to fizzle for lots of reasons. That was great. But also the fact that he trusted her with this story and that he was like, you are the only one I want to handle this. Mm -hmm. I think kind of gave her that confidence to do this in a way that like, did put herself at risk. She put herself out there, but it ended yeah. up off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess now is about like the perfect time to talk about that reveal, I guess, or like that other heavier side of the story, but basically Gigi's un- uncovering this sexual assault case that took place in London with this new nightclub where the owners have been doing not such great things to women. Mm-hmm. Um, why was that an important part that you wanted to include in the storyline? And I really appreciated the trigger warnings at the beginning. And it was dealt so differently than other books that I've read because we never really talk point blank about the assault. It doesn't go into detail. We don't really see anything happen. It's more like just kind of saying this is what happened and why it's not okay. Mm-hmm. How come you wanted to handle it in that matter? Well, I didn't want to write any explicit abuse or like assault to women on the page just because yeah. A, that's not fun to write and B, it's really not fun to read. Mm-hmm. And that almost wasn't the point. The point was like Gigi wanting to take down these terrible men. And mm-hmm. so like you could you could understand what they had done wrong without being told exactly what they were doing wrong. And there right. were some scenes that I think are going to be hard for readers, especially anyone who has a sensitivity in that area. Like I definitely recommend reading the trigger warning if you mm-hmm. have at all sensitivities about assault. Um, but I think, you know, a w- one reviewer I saw today has noticed the inspiration behind this case and it's Burning Sun, which is a real story that happened in South Korea. Okay. And it was basically a bunch of owners of a club. Um, some of them were like in, ran in famous circles. Some of them were just businessmen, but there was some similarity where they were trafficking women, uh, drugging women, abusing women. Um, and there's, there's a lot way more layers to that than there's to this one. This one is actually very simple in comparison. It's like bad guys drugging women at a club. Um, but that one is much, much more complicated and, and, and layered. Um, but it was definitely inspired by that. And like, you know, just wanting to have a conversation about like how a journalist might break that story. Yeah. Um, 
but in this case, it happens in London. So right. it's a London club. Yeah. And when you came up with the concept of this book, did you know right away, like the twist of it being of Sunny being one of the women who were abused and the connection with Alec? Like, was that all part of it when you were outlining the book? I mean, I don't even think I outlined this one. Like I'm trying to remember what the process was for this. Cause usually Christina and I are really, we have to be really structured because there's two of us. Yeah. So like we really outline in detail and we like talk every day as we go and we're very structured about it. And with this one, I think I just kind of wrote it and then like all the stuff sort of, oh, and then this, and then this. And so it did take me a while. I don't think I knew that Sonny was going to have been the victim that he's been really trying to protect um, until you know, he was being evasive in the bar. And I was thinking like, why is he being evasive? I'm dying. We were She's in not head. saying it, but I knew he was. And then it was sort of like, oh, okay. That must be why he's protecting his little sister. I'm freaking out. Like the way you wrote this book sounds so crazy to me. Like my assumption about them living in your head and you just typing them out like is right. Yeah. It's, this one was really cool. And I, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like magic or anything, but it was like no, kind of being I, taken on a trip. It's like the inspiration in the moment. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair. Um, we have to talk about the sex scenes because in my life, I've never read anything steamier in my life. <laughs> Not only do you write like explicit sex scenes, like right, whatever, but then you play with like phone sex, text sex, like you literally mm-hmm. did it all, yeah. which was so fun. Was that fun for you to write? Yes. Like, Yes. Tell me everything about writing the steamy scenes in this. I feel like it just it was it was so exciting to read. As and there was so much of it. That, like, I know it's so good though. It was. Oh my so god, that good. makes me happy. So, yeah. um, yeah, the first scene that was the first thing that came into my head was these yeah. two people who had reconnected, and then it was sort of like from there, it was like, okay, she's a journalist. She's on her way home. This is what happened. Um, and so I wrote some of that sexy before I really knew like why these two people were so intensely connected, mm-hmm. even though they barely knew each other. Um, and so that first one is really fun. That one's very long. And then I think the next one is in his hotel room. Yeah. That one was very fun to write. And I, I had no like, idea that that's where she was going, by the way, when she got that call that she had to go speak to the source. Oh, yay. And normally I can <laughs> see things like that coming from a mile away. And then the, the chapter ends right there. Right. I yeah, yeah. Exactly, and I was like, oh, and I I actually, it's so funny because when you're writing, you think it like it's obvious that she's like, do do go in to see Alec and she doesn't know it. But yeah, that's no. Great. And I was I'll literally tell you where I was. I was getting a pedicure while I was reading on my on my Kobo. <laughs> and I went, oh. And the, the pedicure, like the girl that's zooming out, she's like, she's like, like, oh, sorry. She's like are you okay? She thought she like nicked me or something. And I was like, I was like, I just have to keep reading. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, that's actually so out. funny. Yeah, I was freaking out. I love it. Um, Yeah, no, but they were really fun to do. Like the phone sex scene, I that think. Scene? I- yeah, I was I was wild. I think I read it four times. I kept going back that one and the one after the event, after the big gala. Yes. Like I don't think I would have written those as dirty if I knew p- other people were going to read it someday. And so that's one of the nice things about like writing something without thinking about the audience is yeah. like you're kind of like there's no fences. You just yeah. like go for it. And so. Yeah. Um, yeah, those ended up way dirtier than I think I would have done like with attention on me. So I'm, I'm glad that I didn't know because they're you know, fun. And what they honestly reminded me of, I don't read that much like erotic book mm-hmm. stuff. Like I just haven't, but when I was growing up, like in my like later teens, I would read a ton of fan fiction and it mm-hmm. gave me the fanfic feels. So yep. then when this whole thing came to light today, I was like, so many pieces are falling into place right now. <laughs> no. like, Yay, they were so fun. Honestly, beyond. they were so fun. So much and, fun to read as a reader too. I really think like anyone who starts out in fan fiction probably feels this way, whether you're like 
still writing fic or like Christine and I, where we wrote fic and then we published, and then we were just like publishing so frequently that we didn't have time to write other stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think I just really missed that kind of writing, that like super self-indulged writing. Mm -hmm. It was really fun. So Mm -hmm. I love, love. Um, We can't all talk about the sucker punch, gut punch that is the ending and like the conflict. But one thing I will say that I thought was so different in this book than other romance books I read is like the ownership that both of the main characters take in the conflict and like the understanding that what they each did wrong and then having Mm -hmm. like a conversation about it and moving on and like acknowledging like what they did and how they would be better next time like I feel like we don't get that often in romance books it's more just like let's sweep this up as much as quickly as we can and as neatly as we can and put a bow on it and forget about it Mm -hmm. why did you want to have them have this like rehash almost of the situation and like in this kind of confrontation that they did I mean, I have two answers for that. One is because I think like, like thorough communication is very sexy. Yeah. And I love a communication scene where people are accountable and they are grown up and they are like non-defensive and they get past whatever heat of the moment they had felt, whether it was anger or embarrassment or whatever that Mm -hmm. came before and they're past it. And um, another author who does that, I always tell her she writes communication porn is Sonali Dave because she just writes such wonderful communication. Mm -hmm. And two, because in my own marriage, we talk stuff through really carefully. Like if we have a disagreement and I Mm -hmm. really value that about him and I feel really lucky that he's like that. And so I think, you know, every relationship has its things that are wonderful and it's things that could be better, but that is something that we are really good at. And I feel like more women need to have partners and to expect partners who yeah. can be accountable and open and vulnerable in those conversations. Yeah, I loved it. It felt very real. Like as as outlandish as some of this part, like I, like it's so much of a fantasy land when you read a book about a celebrity and a regular person falling in love. Like it's hard to like bring it back to reality and be like, this could be me. But then when you have hard moments like this and this is how they deal with it, it just is like a nice like dose of reality. Mm-hmm. I really That's loved awesome. that part. Overall, looking back at the entire book, what was like your most favorite scene to write? Like I was dying at all those scenes where they were incognito when they went to the beach with their head, like mm-hmm. the glasses and they went to the CVS or the Walgreens, wherever they went and had to like get the like Post Malone hat. Like that was so funny. I love the fan signing scene. Like what were those fun scenes like for you to write? Oh man, the whole book was so fun to write. Yeah. I think probably the scene, the card playing scene, and then the sex scene after that when they're in her room. And that's okay. the first time they're to they have actual sex because in the mm. hotel they don't have a condom. So yeah. it's the first time they have actual sex after they've reconnected. Yeah. And I just it's I think that's one of my favorite scenes. Me too. I the whole book, it just doesn't even feel like it was real, honestly. <laughs> like I read it too fast. Like it was just like, and I have the worst book hangover. But okay, so <laughs> then the book ends and we have the epilogue and what I love so much about the epilogue is that we get like a little taste of their future mm-hmm. and I love how they like bended to each other and that they both got to like keep doing what they wanted to do why was that important for you to have is like their because I wanted to give I knew I wasn't going to write a sequel because the other the thing about sequels is you either have to like introduce an external conflict that breaks them up or an internal conflict that is they have to work through and I didn't mm-hmm. want to do that and also mm-hmm. there's not more story to their story they're yeah. good yeah but I also like because I was still very much in like thick land with it. I wanted to show my friends and myself, like what their happily ever after looked like, because we'd okay. only gotten two weeks of them. I know, which is not normal to think about. Like, I still yeah. can't believe that that was a two week span. Yeah. And so they needed, like, we needed to sh- see how like this, this 
couple could exist in years in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, that was the only part of this that I wrote probably five times because yeah, I just didn't know how to write it. It was always the same story, but it was like first person present tense for the future is a very like cognitively weird thing to read. Okay. But every time I sat down to write it, that's how it came out again. And so I tried to write it past tense. I tried to write it in a different way. And it just was like very strange, but Mm -hmm. I like the epilogue. I feel like you know, I have seen some people say in reviews that I'm tagged in because I don't go looking for reviews that I'm not tagged in. Um, <laughs> they say that, you know, the ending feels a little rushed and I totally get that, but it's like, it's just, a, it's a taste, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like the news bouche, a moose bouche that comes at the end of the meal. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> that, I love that. That's so true. That's such a good way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't even deal with the fact that you wrote this book. I'm obsessed with it. I can't wait to reread it again. Everybody that was messaging me yesterday was just freaking out being like, I need to know the BTS of the sex scenes. I need to know how she made Alec. I need to know about the chemistry. How was it? Like everybody had the exact same questions that I had. Uh, I thought I I was opening up my question box and I was going to get all these other like takes that I hadn't thought of, but everyone, it just like, it resonated (laughs) with everybody in the same way, which I think is obviously such like a talent and testament to you and your writing. I just want to say congratulations. First IBO and book. I'm so freaking excited for you. I hope that there's more to come. I'm very excited. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been so supportive. I appreciate it. My pleasure.